Hello, hello, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Schmoozing with Arvi. This is season two we're talking here. This is, we've gone into a new topic. We've uh, actually established a topic for once. Uh, we are in season two, learning UK Jewelry. I think that's the, uh, all the future, the past, the present, everything involving UK Jewelry. So joining us here today for these uh, wonderful episodes, this episode specifically, <laughs> is uh, the Sugarmans. So we have over here to the right or left, depending which way we're looking. Uh, we've got Jojo Sugarman. Jojo actually went to Yeshiva with me, uh, been through COVID together, been through a lot, you know? And uh, on his right or left, depending on which way we're looking, uh, is Mark Sugarman, who is going to tell us a little bit about some of the uh, projects that we uh, we have in store here in the UK. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Brighton, because for our American listeners, we've got uh, English listeners as well, but for our American listeners, I assume they probably haven't, they've heard of Brighton Beach in uh, New York, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Brooklyn Beach, yeah. In Brooklyn Beach, yeah. Um, so tell them what... Actually, it's, it's uh, south of, I, I don't know, I don't know it's somewhere, it's somewhere <laughs> We can't put you on the spot like this. <laughs> There's a lot of Russian people go play chess there, that's all I know about that. <laughs> that's, listen, that's what you really need to know. They call it Odessa, I think. Okay, it's fair enough. I'm sure for all of the Americans who know exactly what you're talking about, this makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, okay, so... You want to tell us a little bit about Brighton and what your plans are for uh, for Brighton, um, and also you know while we're at it, how about you explain a little bit about UK jewelry, like the geography of it and all that. Okay, thank you, and it's great to be on the show. I must say, <laughs> uh, Malcolm Gladwell and, and Schmoozing with Abby, the two um, I absolutely never miss. So uh, <laughs> it's great to be here. And, and I'm glad I'm on such high prestige. <laughs> <there. laughs> exactly. Uh, so UK jewelry, I mean. I guess not dissimilar from many uh, UK, uh, many Jew- many um, Jewish communities globally, in that there's been a big centra- centralization of communities. So in the UK, it's around London. So that if you go back 50, 60 years, and, and certainly 100 years, um, this, the kind of provincial communities were thriving. Um, I mean, places, particularly port towns like Hull, which is on the northeast where the Russians came in, and... Uh, Brighton, back in the sort of 1700s, um, was was you know both Sephardic and, and Ashkenazi communities um, flocked to, flocked to the city, and there were jobs, and there was it was a port city, and, and so on. What happened in the sort of post 1950s time when jobs became you know much more available in London is there was a centralisation, and you got a hollowing out of provincial communities. And Do you know by the way how everyone landed up in all of these provincial communities because. Like, I assume people came from, like, Poland, Germany, that was, like... Yeah. So how did they end up all of there? Well, like, Br- Brighton, which is the one we're talking about, is on the coast. So the boats would come in, and, and I guess that's how they... And Hull, which is what you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you go back to, like, Cromwell when he opened the country. So the, so Jews were expelled in, in, like, 1210, I think it was, from... from 1295. 1295 from the UK. Okay. okay. And, uh, and then were only allowed back in... Uh, you know, in in this sort of um, three hundred and fifty years later. Yeah, it's three hundred and fifty years later. And in, in, in thanks for that. <laughs> is it, is it all very helpful? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how I know. There's a big uh, mural right by where I live, which says we appropriated this land from the Jews, <laughs> and, which means stolen. Um, it's a, it's a, what's it's it, a no? cemetery. It's a cemetery. It's a cemetery. Jewish yeah. cemetery. Yeah. Just, uh, just stole from us. So yeah. if you're yeah. a Cohen, you can't come visit me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Cohen's just terrible. Yeah. But Cromwell let the, the Jews back in, and, yeah. and the first Jews that came over were from uh, Holland, 
they and they come to escape the Inquisition up to Holland and uh, yes, what the, the history of, of European Jew in particular is movement, mm-hmm. uh, just a fleeing of persecution. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. anyway, the more more recent history, as I say, is that uh, provincial communities have hollowed out a little bit because you know younger people when they've had job opportunities they moved up to the centres like London. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I moved to London. Because so, you were originally from Brighton. Yeah, I grew up in Brighton. And also your wife is from Hull? My wife is from Hull. So, so we're very... If we're Cosmopolitan. As, as the Americans <laughs> we're like say, we're, we're out-of-towners. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. out-of-towners. And we're living proof of this whole problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. And warm, you know, tend to be warmer if you, mm. live, if you come from the provinces. A little, mm. a little less aggressive. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, but, but Brighton is a beautiful city. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful cities. It's, it's, it's always... Kind of mentioned in as one of the most attractive places, if not the most attractive place, to live in the UK, um, in all the surveys that are done, really? where they chart happiness. And all so stuff. we can call it like you got family in Florida as well, so we so yeah. we can say it's like the Florida of the UK. Exactly, Florida, but that, that but it's, it's more of a, it's a very young population, mm-hmm. whereas Florida, mm-hmm. you know. so yeah. You, yeah, that's a good point. So let's just establish. So you so we got know that Brighton's a place now we've given some geography lessons to them yeah explain the uh, connections so how exactly did you what's as in, what's your role in getting Brighton back on the map for the Jews because like I assume if we established that but that is that is the plan right now no that absolutely is and, and in fact that line that you just used is, is, is the line because the chief rabbi who launched our project and we'll talk about that project in a second Back in 2017, his, his quote was, we want to put Brighton on the Jewish map and, Jew, and the Jewish world on Brighton's map. Uh, and we have Brighton should be a beacon of light to the, uh, to the Jewish or world. Or the Goyim. And so, so, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. And um, the, 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 um, I mean, the, the, the kind of view that we took, because what, what basically happens with these provincial communities is that they lose people and then they lose income as a result of losing people and then they get to a stage where if they were sensible the orthodox communities would merge because they would just basically take financial kind of uh, look at their situation and they would make a sensible decision because well, we're used to living in ghettos ghettos and like shtetls and all of that stuff we're used to living together we used so. to live together and everyone wants to be it's a community of, they want yeah but not they also want to have responsibility for doing something for the community so that the, the kind of the, the push to consolidate so that you live within your means is is offset by the pull of wanting to stay in control and it, it just you know all these provincial communities should have seen kind of consolidation and and um you know that didn't happen in brighton and, and, and that, that caused you know some financial stresses as well and, and and you know what we're trying to do is consolidate assets um to create something which has a, a future so how are you going to actually do this practically? Because it sounds all very nice on paper, but I assume it's not, not an easy job. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's not easy. I mean, so the, the big advantages that Brighton has is it's, it's less than an hour from London, so it's a very easy commute. It's about the most beautiful place in the UK, it's right on the seafront. And our site um, is, 50, is, is 500 yards, so it's like a less than a five-minute walk to the seafront. So it's really an amazing place to live. So we, we have all those natural advantages. And Brighton as a, as a city, as Joe was saying, is a young city. It's, it's a vibrant city. There's, the economy is very, very strong. It's one of the strongest economies in the UK. Uh, it has creative arts, tourism, has, it has the kind of professional industries like banking and, and law as well. So there's a lot to offer young, young families who, who want to 
kind of relocate. Um, the, the Jewish, what's been lacking in our view, and this is our hypothesis, I guess, is that um, there's not been enough in the way of Jewish facilities so that people can live an observant life. So, for example, when I was a kid, there were maybe five or six kosher butchers in the city. Now there's none. And there's nowhere to go and there's nowhere to buy kosher food other than maybe a little bit from Sainsbury's or Tesco, the, 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 the supermarkets for the amount like Publix equivalent. Um, but but the, the kind of stock that they hold of, of kosher food is very small. So our, our kind of uh, our thesis is that if we give, if we create the right facilities, given the backdrop of a beautiful city that's close to London and an easy place to, to, to earn a living, um, it could become a kind of revitalising uh, place for, for jury in the UK. Do you think it's feasible? Yeah, I, I, this I, I is really this do. is by the way this is the most ambitious, in my view, the most ambitious thing that's been attempted in terms of the scale of the infrastructure. Um, and so yeah, you can go on to explain. Some yeah, of I mean the, the, the scale the, of it because I don't think yeah. that's been put across yet. Yeah, the the the, the, the financial uh, investment is vast. I mean, it's a huge, huge investment. Um, and uh, do I think it worked? Yes, because I think what's happened, certainly in the post-COVID world, um, is that distances have become shorter. You know, Zoom and so on have allowed people to work remotely. And there's been a, a generally a shift to um, people living in, in more attractive areas. You know, the suburban parts of London, um, house prices have rocketed, and, that, and that's because people are living in places like the Cotswolds and, and coastal areas like Brighton because they want a better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And they know they can have a bit of everything. They can, you know, they, we, we, there was an interview on um, one of the radio stations in the UK recently. They were interviewing um, the, the, the CEO of uh, one of the big insurance companies and they just done a lot of research on um, worker habits. And they said that workers want three things. They want to be able to work from home, so they want a bigger house. They want to be able to work in a co-working space and they want to be able to get to their place of work fairly easily. Now Brighton offers that and our site offers that because we talk about what the facilities are in a second but it's an easy commute you live by the coast you know it's just a very nice way to live your life and Mm -hmm. um, I think so I think we have a real genuinely good chance and the reason why it's so important to do this is that we know from research that where there are no Jewish people anti-semitic attitudes are at least twice as prevalent as when there are Jewish people why do you think that is I think because you know the devil, you know. Well, not that that's probably the wrong way to put it, but what what you don't know, you fear is a mm. better way to put it. What mm. you don't know, you fear. Well, it's yeah. true. Like they going back in history, like the Rhinelands, these guys had no. They were doing all the crusades and stuff. They had no clue what a Jew even looked yeah, like. Exactly. The oh, first yeah. time they met the Jews was when they were killing them. So I think it's very fair. Like yeah. they we are seen as the big bad because we don't know what they are. Yeah, and I think there's other risk as well, which is that. It's not just the fact that there's greater anti-Semitism in areas without Jews, it's also the fact that if everyone lives in the same area, there are existential risks. You know, God forbid something terrible happened in Golders Green area, North West London, where we are now, then the Jewish population would really struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there have been episodes where there's been... Well, also, I mean, we don't need to talk about catastrophe, but like, why should the Jews miss out on basically the benef- what, we've re- what we've learned from the pandemic is that you can have a better quality of life you can work less. You don't need to be working five days a week. Like the economy is moving in a direction where people are working less. They've got more time to enjoy life, and for a lot of people, where they're living in London, it's not that fun. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard it's a life city. Life. It's, everyone's kind of upset the whole time. They don't talk about it. My my <laughs> my question is that no, also, yeah. like why why not somewhere like Bournemouth? Because I mean, like there was a thriving Jewish community in Bournemouth. I know 
my family ran the Green Park Hotel there. Like this, oh, it was like a where well, it was like a Jewish hotel that ev- like everyone like all in the nineteen whatever it was. Like hopefully we're doing an episode of that as well. Um, but that was where the big thriving community was. But they end up moving on. But why? Why specifically do you want Brighton? Just because you have that personal connection? Or? No, I think there's two two big differences uh, between Bournemouth and Brighton in that regard. One is that um, if you look at the census data, um, Bournemouth is an old community, Jewish mm. and non-Jewish. It's a retirement. It's a retirement. It's a retirement. Yeah, yeah, there's it's not better. a lot to Bournemouth. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, well, they're, they're bringing uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth University. University. No, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's not, it's not like a vibrant city. Brighton is, is an incredibly vibrant city. It's mm, cosmopolitan. It's, it's like known as Little London. Mm-hmm. It's a fabulous place to live in, if, you're, if you're a young person. You've got, you know, there's, there's clubs, there's bars, there's restaurants, there's unbelievable coffee shops, there's the lanes, which is this kind of antique area. It's like very bohemian. Um, so there's just a ton to offer, as well as the natural landscape. You know, you have the seafront and then you have the, the downs, which are this, this huge kind of countryside. So I think that's the biggest difference. And the other big difference is the connection to London. Because London is still, it's very, you know, London's amazing. It's just, culturally, there's so much to do. And in, in the Brighton to London train journey is 50, 50 minutes, five, zero minutes, less than an hour. It's like, like being in a suburb of London and, and taking a tube. It's just so easy. Um, so I think, I think for that reason, it's Brighton and Bournemouth wholly different. Interesting. Well, I mean, but Bournemouth would also have been good, like Bournemouth, but there aren't many cities that are like Brighton and Bournemouth. That, yeah. That's the point. Like it, it couldn't have been in. There weren't too many cities that would be even like in a comparison with Brighton. My question yeah. to you though also is, we we've seen that these Jewish communities have thrived in all of these places, but they've also died in all of these places. So what's what's stopping this going in very nice twenty year run? And then people just continue moving back. Like they had their stunt and they move back. Yeah, I listen. Nobody can predict. I mean, people can't predict tomorrow lunchtime, let alone yeah. twenty years. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Maybe London as a centre becomes less of a centre. Yeah, you know, what, what's clear is that to have a Jewish life, you need some critical mass and you need some facilities. And and we're trying to put those in place so that there's a chance. I mean, whether it's successful or not, long long term, I don't know. But I I do think that it's a mistake for everyone, all of our eggs to be in one basket as a community. We, we do need to um, think about um, having more presence across the UK. Also, yeah, also, I would add, it's not true that the, the hypothesis that all these communities die. There are some communities like Manchester, for example, that have grown into, into uh, big communities. Yeah. Um, I think also another, th- another key point is that uh, I, I, it could be potentially something that grows because we've seen communities outside of the mainstream like outside of Golders Green and Hendon like Boreham Wood Edgware start thriving because house prices in the traditional Jewish, Jewish areas are too high and so Brighton could just be seen as like one of those satellite places just in the same way as Boreham Wood and Edgware would have been in the past mm. yeah I think the other thing is there's always change in life I mean you know there was as I said you go back 60 odd years and, and Jewish life was more in provinces everyone moved to London possibly then they said well maybe it won't last maybe we'll go back to the provinces and what seems to be happening now in the economy is that there is this sort of levelling up agenda, which means that the provincial communities in the UK, A, will have better transportation infrastructure networks, and B, you know, there's more of a push for, for more jobs there. And also with Brexit, I think there's a change. So I, I think there's a genuinely good chance that some of these provincial communities can really work. And I think Brighton has way more to offer than, than most. So speaking of having stuff to offer, what do you have to offer people who want to come? the community because 
it's hard. They're coming. They're gonna have to move job realistically. But there's a possibility they have to move job, moving house. Our house's price is more expensive there, cheaper. Well, yeah. there's this million dollar question. Absolutely. I mean, the the the, um, the focus has to be uh, for us to try and attract young couples, um, and the reason for that is that if if we can build enough demand cohort of, of, of young kids, nursery and so on, then in time we can think about a school, which then in, in time will create a, a virtuous circle. So that, that's our focus. So, so the question is, how can we make it financially attractive, to your point, uh, to, to, to have young couples feel like they could, they could live there? And I, I think that the, the thing is, when you're starting off in life, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to pick somewhere that's pretty new to you as a couple anyway. I mean, you know, so I guess I guess if you're growing up in London, it's not quite the same. But from the provincial communities, there's there's definitely a possibility they'll think about well, we're, we're not going to probably stay in uh, in Edinburgh or wherever it might be. Where where might might we move to? And maybe buying as an alternative to London. I think there'll be some people in London who will think well, we can't afford a house here. We could move to to Brighton, um, and so on. So 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 in terms of the the, the sort of financial side of it. We, we think there's kind of two key things. The first is jobs. We need to be able to help people to get jobs in the city and we're, we're, we've got a co-working um, set up on our site so that people can actually work out of the site. But more than that, um, we're working with um, a charity called Work Avenue, which is a London-based Jewish charity, which has um, a co-working site themselves. And what they do, which is really clever, is they have a group of 10 um, professionals who give advice to people to get into the workplace and to launch small medium-sized enterprises and they also work very closely with all the local businesses so when there are um, op- job opportunities that come up um, they help people get those jobs so that's really good and we have, we have a lot of contacts in the city as well with law firms and so on where we can try and um, place people and try and at least get them introduced to, for potentially for training contracts like that. We're getting some people jobs. We're getting yeah, we're, we're going to get jobs. So jobs, we, we, we think, is very important. And is, is that's incredible because that's like, it's a big stress for a lot of, like anyone, especially like if you're newly aware of something, oh, yeah. you've got to provide. So yeah. having that already as a setup, like it's not a given for sure for every single thing, but it's, you do your best. That's like a part you're yeah. building. We want to open doors and, and ultimately people have got to prove their worth and get the jobs themselves. But we, we can help them um, with interview skills and, and, and just basic skill to, skills to help enhance their CVs. Can I, ask, can I ask as well, like, you're saying we, who's, who's we, like, I just want to know also a bit about, like, if we can go into this, who's financing this, like, because it, there is a lot going into it, so yes. are we able to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, can I just say one other thing in, sure, in response sure. to the last question, which is important as well, which is that... The, the site is um, where the synagogue is, is the Orthodox shul. So the, so the charity behind the Orthodox shul is also keen to um, subsidise young couples that come to the city. Um, and and it, it makes sense because their articles are such that their mission is Jewish continuity and to grow their membership base. So they're um, going to subsidise rental costs to keep them at a fairly um, reasonable level. And also all the facilities on site, which we'll talk about in, in due course, um, those get subsidised too. So the financial offer for a young couple, if they can get a job, which we're going to help them with, then their cost of living will be quite low compared to, say, London and other parts of the UK, and their quality of living will be very, very high. To live 500 yards from the beach in a beautiful city, uh, in an amazing new facility, 
um, and a vibrant one of that. So the, the off-flight, we think, is really, really compelling. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's, let's go back into the question of, of, uh, of... Who are the we? Who are the who we? The we? So, so, so the, way is a, the way is a philanthropic foundation, basically. And uh, the, the foundation's goals include Jewish continuity and promoting Brighton as a city because two of the trustees come from Brighton. So that, that, that foundation has, is funding uh, the construction costs which fall to the synagogue. And then there's a development company as well. So, so it's, it's a partnership and it's a real effort to sort of invest properly in the community assets, which are ultimately going to be the key thing to, to drive um, mm. continuity and vibrancy. Because I think it's very important that you're actually, like, firstly, incredible that just as I assume it was very close to them selling, that you guys got actually got involved. So it's like really, that's incredible because it would have been, had you guys not got involved, I assume, end of the community like that. So, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I have a strong view that it would have been because I just feel that that's, that site is mm. the site where you can, you, you, it's big enough that we can, and we'll talk about what's it going to be in a second, but you can put a lot of key, key assets which can create the, create the critical mass that we talked about before. Mm. So you were going to say what we have to offer. There. What, yes. what exactly is the site going to be? Where, like, explain the community in your view what, how you want it to look like, or what's your plan? Okay, so... so um, Start with the site, what facilities? We, we mentioned Brighton before, right? So most Jewish people now live in a, in a, in a, in a neighbouring kind of suburb, it's called Hove, which is beautiful. It's, it's, it's the nicest place, yeah, certainly along the south coast, possibly in the whole of the UK. It's really lovely. Um, and um, so we, we wanted to create this sort of consolidation of facilities on this site, this acre squared site. And we decided first, but we had a lot of big decisions to make along the way. First decision was, okay, we're going to, excavate so we've gone into the basement to make the site as big as possible so in the basement we're building a mikvah um, because again we want we want a sort of the lowest common denominator to be that anyone who's pretty observant um, can come and spend and very observant and very observant yeah could could, could spend the weekend here that, that's the lowest common denominator. so, so and look kashrut kashrut you're saying lowest right now yeah yeah kashrut and highest just, highest common <laughs> Kash- Kash- let the man speak Kash- <laughs> and, 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 and religious um, facilities are very important and, and a necessity um, to fulfil that goal of making sure anybody um, religious people for sure could come and live here because mm-hmm. ultimately if you don't have the roots of a, of a strong orthodox community the community won't last so I was, I was going to say because we we may have touched on this one of the times we recorded this, <laughs> but um, there, there may have been a couple of times. Um, but how, like things such as a butcher, for example, they've got it, it costs it costs a lot to have a butcher there and get all the produce. And let's say you have ten to twenty families, like it's not such an like there's no real like demand for it. Like oh yeah, well, enough let, to make there, enough. There, there, there's about three thousand Jewish people in the city in the area. Okay. So, so it's more than ten to twenty families, but we we want to supplement and grow that number. Mm. Um, living on site, you're right. I mean, just just to sort of rewind on what's what's on site. So there's forty five units of accommodation. Ten of those are townhouses or meters houses, which are big. They're like two thousand square feet, five bedroom, four bathroom, and and it's quite unusual to have a, a, a house of that size with a, a nice garden, a nice terrace. And a shared garden at the front, it's really beautiful, and two underground car park spaces. So it's really high high end living, five hundred yards from the beach. It's really you know you don't you don't get that in many places. Mm-hmm. So we have ten of those, and then we have thirty five 
apartment units, the bulk of which are two bed, two bath. And the, the idea behind that is that for young couples, or young couples maybe with one child, that's absolutely perfect. So um, that, that, as I said, that, that, that sort of drove what the target is. And, and the, the idea is that some of those units get sold um, as enabling facility, because obviously building this whole thing is very expensive and we need to recoup some of the money. But most of them will get rented out because we're recognizing that for people to move to, and this is the kind of genesis of your question before, people moving city, that's a big um, undertaking. So we don't want them to commit to having to buy a property at the same time. So they can move city and see if it's good for them. And if they like Brighton, then there's a path to ownership. We're, we're making, I won't go into too many details, but we're making it easier for people to buy property as well as supporting them on the rental costs, which I mentioned before, the synagogue is going to support them on the rental costs. We also have a route that they could, if, if they can't afford to buy, say, 100% of a property, they can maybe buy 50% and step up over time. So we're trying to be innovative in, in helping people. So, so residential is, is one thing. And then um, food is another big, big thing. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, we don't have, there's no kosher butchers in the city there's no real there's no um, ability to eat out um, and keep kosher London itself is just starting to build its restaurant district it's like we're just at a point now that people are saying okay they've got serious stuff so it's going to be quite hard to move people over again well we're going to have a wonderful um, fleshic kosher cafe and kosher restaurant we also got a, a really nice shop so people can keep kosher at home very easily and we have kosher bakery all on this one site and a milky uh, cafe as well. So there, there's a ton of, um, I mean, basically food is gonna be easy and- And good. Excellent quality. So we, we ha- it will be excellent quality. We have the head chef of one of the leading restaurants, leading kosher restaurants in London, has decided to move with his family um, to the wow. site. He's Belteshuva and he sees this as his calling. So he's got two young kids and his wife and they're gonna live on site and he's gonna run the whole thing for us. He wow. was trained by Gordon Ramsay. He's very, very high so level. He's, he's good. He's, he's great. I mean, the food he is... He knows how to make an idiot sandwich there. So he can right. make a burger. <laughs> no, and he's, and he's, he likes criticism as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he really, he's, he's a great, like, he's a uh, magnetic character. Yeah. Like sometimes you go to a restaurant and like they've had a bad dish for like 10 years. But no, no. Are we, one, are we really going into this? No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> clearly, clearly you've never listened to the person that said, like, that's not a good dish. Uh, like, but the, yeah, this guy's different. So, so you're able, so you're supporting him and his family, like. Well, he's going to get paid. I mean, he gets paid a wage. Yeah. And he's also got he's incentivized, and if it does well, he'll do very well. And so, how many people are are working under you then at that point? As in, working within this site. That's a great question. I mean, basically, we've got. Um, so we have. Let me talk about the facilities. Sure, sorry. Help we get a little... People different. understand. No, uh-huh. yeah. So, so you, you have the residential, you have the food side of it, you've got the religious side, the, the shul and the mikvah. Uh-huh. And then you have the sort of cultural and education. So we have a nursery. We also... There's a school next door and we built two classrooms for them. This is, this is nice a nice deal. They get to use the classrooms during the day and then in the evenings, weekends and school holidays, they come back to the community. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so there's an income stream and also facilities. So that's mm-hmm. nice. Do you have like a hall like involved so like people can, was that what you're saying, like the nursery is that hall? No, no, no. We also have two community rooms, which is like a mini JW3. Mm-hmm. And, and, wow. and the, the, the community rooms are really the pivot. JW3 for oh, Americans. Yes. I'm going to know what the JW3 is. It's a, a huge centre that we have in London where you have all sorts of talks 
um, different clubs. You have yoga there, for example. Cinematic, you, yeah. Yeah. So like, thousands, like, like it holds thousands of people. The Jewish Film Centre. Like, exactly. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every, every day there's maybe 20 lessons and, and clubs. And right. Stuff so we've got two, two of those kind of rooms where we can host that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then, you, actually, it's worth saying this because the pivot of the site is those two rooms because you basically, the shul is right in the middle then you have the two rooms adjacent to the shul. Mm. So the shul can feel kind of intimate with a hundred of people in it but you can take the back wall away and it has capacity for 270 people. Wow. So we can host a wedding and we can host a big conedre gathering there. It's mm. easy. And similarly, those two community rooms are adjacent on the other side to the cafe restaurant seating area. So again, we, we can sit 200 people plus for a dinner dance. Mm. So we, then we've designed it in that Just way to dance. give, like if you have a wedding. Oh, okay. Go with a band. And then, so we've, we've designed it that way to make it um, as flexible as possible. Wow. And then the final thing we have is a co-working space that I mentioned before. Yeah. So, so it's really, as I said, you know, the goal was how do we attract young people? Oh, and the gym. Yeah. You've got a gym. We, we, we have... Oh, the most important thing. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> so the, 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 the question we asked ourselves was what facility do we need for young couples? And, mm-hmm. and this was the sort of answer that we came, we came mm-hmm. up with. It really does. It seems like it's encompassing everything. So should we go back to the question of like how many people is like not employed, but like, oh. well, I guess are working under and you guys. Yeah, so we, we reckon we'll have about eight to ten people probably more like 10, if I'm honest, um, running the whole thing. So that, that basically means you, you've got to have a site manager, you need a CEO type figure, you need a CFO um, finance person, you need um, someone to run the co-working space in the gym, uh, you need um, marketing people, events people, uh, and so on. And then all of those that those people do not include the restaurant because obviously you've got all the casual labor for the restaurant and our hope is that um, the Jewish students who work in the university will, will be casual labor mm-hmm. um, in the restaurant as well and also casual labor in terms of teaching um, because the other thing is the nursery and the nursery will employ teacher staff and so on and, and, and one of the big focuses excuse me for the site is we want after school every day for all the kids, irrespective of which school they go to, to come to the site, mm-hmm. uh, have a bite to eat, and then have a couple of hours of programming. We're going to do that Monday through the Thursday, mm-hmm. which will be Kodesh and um, Israeli history and Ivrit, as well as philosophy and whatever mm-hmm. else it might be, which nothing to do with Judaism necessarily, but that's, that's the plan. So really, I feel like it's all encompassing. I want to just touch on the point you just said about the university students. Do they factor into your, your plans at all, building them maybe... I don't know, what, can you tell me a little bit about um, what university life is for them there? Do they have... I, about this. I get... Yeah, I, I, could, I could say something about the university life, just because... Oh, we, we want to... So we'll touch, we'll touch on... The no, 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 not, not this. Okay, like... fine. So we'll, t- we'll go back to that point in a second that yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. But I'm saying, no, continue oh, with your... Wait, what was with the point that you were going to say. Sorry, I'm bad at this. Um... <laughs> You're <right>, terrible. <laughs> um, uni- oh, yeah. No, so it's pretty random where Jews go to university. Like, for example, we've got the biggest Jewish university is Birmingham. Um, and there's no real reason why they're all there. They're just there because other Jews are there. Which makes but, sense. Which makes sense, but there's no yeah. proper infrastructure. So it can be a little random. Um, but there are, there are a fair amount of Jews in Sussex University and in Brighton University. And it would make sense if it became more popular on account of the infrastructure that they've got, now got mm-hmm. available. But there are already a good, a good amount that would be able to benefit from the site. It would just be nice. So, so this is this is what I was going to ask. Do you have, in, like, any infrastructure in mind 
to help these like students because at the end of the day those could be potential people who would end up moving to the community if they yeah i mean so so one thing we know is that people who come to to work and study the university often will stay in the city more more so in sussex than most any other city because it's a lovely city sussex is the region in which brighton is located yeah so so there's there's actually two universities university of sussex (laughs) and brighton university um so yeah it's a good it's a good point in terms of the, I mean, the geographic location of our site to the university is too far to live. And, and, and whilst there may be some people who would say, you know what, I don't need, need to live on campus, I'd rather live in a, a kosher um, site and so on. I, I don't, you know, a sense is not many. I think most of the students who come, they want to live a student life, they want to be on campus. Mm-hmm. So but what we know from our focus groups with the students is that they, w- they want the casual labour, that's what they really value, and they'll come across and they'll have dinners when, when we provide things. So we can, we can certainly do you think that, some infrastructure. Do you think that is a target for you guys, that you want to involve them as much as you can, or for now you're focused on bringing other people in? Well, I, I think no, there's do different, you think different levels of priority. You know, it's a long time. No, I, I, think, I think for sure day one we'll, 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 we'll do things for the students. It's, it's important, you know, if we can make their lives better and, and more observant Jewishly and, and just to give them that, their ability to keep to maintain their identity as Jews, then that's a fantastic thing. So we will definitely do that. Our priority, for sure, is young couples who are a little bit older. Um, but, um, you know, the, the students, we definitely want to help as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, one, one of the other goals, I should have said earlier, for the project is um, to encourage visiting communities to come and stay in Brighton. Because Brighton is a tourist um, venue, there's no question. So, so I was gonna, is it, you're going to have like a hotel kind of thing? Or well, we're not going to have a hotel, but there is a hotel with less than a five-minute walk from where, from where the site is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a nice hotel. And the idea is, and we're, we're talking and talks with them at the moment, is that any, any visiting community could take a, a, a clutch of rooms in the hotel and just have a Shabbaton away, which is always brilliant. I mean, we, we, we do that all the time from from our community Kesha in, in, in London. And um, we know from our discussions with Jewish organizations, so PJ Library is an, is an organization which some of the American uh, listeners may be familiar with, they, they, they provide books and so on to um, young kids and they want to have an offsite uh, with us. And Moisha House, another American tra- charity, they want to have an offsite with us for their uh, Moisha House people. So there's... The, cool. the, and what about like Chabad and Hillel and these kind of places are they they're, they're, well they're, 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 separate, they're separate there's there's a Chabad there's two Chabads actually in the, in, in the city there's um, the Chabad for students and then there's Chabad um, which is a Chabad house um, but they, they, they the rabbis who I'm very close to they will for sure um, be involved and help us mm-hmm. and in fact one of the rabbis wives will help run the nursery so so there's definitely an involvement there um, but, but this point I'm making is that um we, one of the th- things we've been surprised by is, as we've spoken to communities throughout the UK and organisations, almost without exception, they're saying they would love to have a Shabbaton in Brighton. Um, and our sense is also that there's opportunities, and when we look at Europe um, and, and Israel and beyond, and in America, that um, people may want to come and, and stay in Brighton, um, use it as a base and, and, and enjoy um, what, this, what the city has to offer. And the interesting thing also, I mean, Joe was talking about the history before uh, 350 years absence and and now we've, we've been back in in the uk for 250 years so it's so more, more than 250 years but brighton has had jewish population for 250 years 
And there's really? a very rich history of, of Brighton Jewry. Like constantly or? Continuously. Yeah. Just like in Israel, the Jews, continuous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> native. 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 Mm. Uh, so, we're so We've got a native Brighton. We are, we are. We are. But, but this is important. So uh, the, some of the most well-known sites in Brighton were as a result of Jewish people. So, so I, I will only give one example because people in the, in the States won't necessarily know what we're talking about. But there's something called the Palace Pier. Mm-hmm. Palace Pier is very famous in the UK. It's like a, a, a fun destination, amusement, arcades and, and, and candy floss, all that sort of, like Coney Beach or Brighton Beach. Coney Island. Coney, Coney Island or Brighton Beach. And, Sorry, and, and, uh, and, and the pier uh, was basically um, going bust in 1901. They were building it and they just didn't have the funds to finish. And, and a Jewish guy called John Howard, um, he A, invested and B, is an engineer by profession and, and he, he, he made the pier happen and as a result of that there's, there's many um, the uh, hospital it's a couple of wards named for him so, so, so that's one example there's many other examples like that the Jewish contribution to the city is huge and, and where this really kind of comes alive in terms of people visiting is that there's also one of the most beautiful shawls in the UK um, situated in Brighton it's, it's probably the this is the shawl that you're trying to no no, no, no. this is, this is two miles away building. It's 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 an incredible it's a grade star grade two star list is very high, very important building. Um, it's called Middle Street Synagogue. It was it was donated or funded by the Sassoon family in the late eighteen hundreds, and and it's magnificent. It's 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 probably maybe second to Bevis Marks only in the whole of the UK. It's so, outstanding. So will you have any connection with that show? Are you able so, to? So the charity which owns uh, the show on our site also owns that show. Wow. So we have a strong connection. And the, the idea so will you, is... Will you work together with them? Or so they, I would say, is yeah. there a them right now? There's no, there's no, no congregation. It's, 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 yeah. it's just a building that's being put to dust right now. The building, exactly, for the last 18 years, has just been sitting there. And it's kind of, it's in a badish condition. Not a disastrous condition, but badish. And there's been the odd wedding there during that time, but no regular services because the population moved away from that part of the town. However, that, sit, that site is right next to... Um, the pier and the lanes is, is the tourist area of Brighton. So what we think will happen is when people come visit for the weekend, uh, maybe on the Sunday, or maybe they'll walk even on a Saturday, but certainly on the Sunday, they'll go, particularly if they were kids, they'll have an educational discuss- discussion at the, at the, and learn a lot, a lot about the history of Brighton Jewry and, uh, and maybe learn a little bit about Jewish culture if, 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 you know, and the history of the city. And then they can go to the pier with their kids. So it's, it's just in the perfect spot. So it just, it makes the whole Shabbaton experience far richer. <laughs> so it could be really nice. So that's, that's the plan, how you're, do you, what do you want to use the purpose of the Shabbaton? Like, what is the purpose of it? Just more to involve other communities or as like a selling point almost? Well, there's, also, there's, there's no real place. Uh, if I'm a shul in, in London, I want to do a Shabbaton. There's nowhere to go really other than another shul in London. Yeah. Or unless you want to go to like France or something. Yeah. So it's a nice like, you, summary you, kind of thing. Do you actually have accommodation though for let's say they come with like fifty families or something? I don't know how many families will come, but like let's say even twenty families you have some yeah, we, we have we, have, you... we, we, we do we, we have some on site. We we're holding back some units, but yeah. the bulk of it's gonna be that hotel I imagine. The, the hotel which has actually got a relationship with the Jewish community. They used to go uh, kosher for Pesach. And so oh, so, okay. so so that's so that hotel we we're in talks with and the idea is that with pre-booking, they'll leave some rooms aside for us. And that room has about sixty. So that hotel has about sixty rooms. 
so it can accommodate most visiting mm-hmm. communities. And it's not the only um, hotel in the vicinity. There's probably five or six hotels which are of different levels of quality within a, about a, 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 say a ten minute walk of, of the site. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they they'd use the ho- they'd sleep in the hotel and they just come on. on the site, eat meals, chill out. Yeah. So all all the, you know all all the food all, all of them can be done the same. Although we we may also provide food to the hotel, so that, like in a package or whatever, so that <coughs> people you know residents can be comfortable and eat in the hotel as well. Yeah. Um. But but the vast bulk, the way we're seeing it is that we think people will sleep and then come to our site, and whether it's you know Friday night meal, um, Friday night service, Shabbat morning service. And we we we're open for Shabbos, by the way. We're staying like like um, some of the Israeli hotels, so we want to we want to be open and as as a service to the community. So if people prepay, they can have a Shabbos meal, mm. and so on. So so all those things. So how do you also see it growing over the next few months and years? What's the do you have like some sort of plan, some trajectory of what what's going to go? Yeah, I, so I think the the first and also yeah to jump in firstly, how many families do you currently have? Um, and like rabbi situation, which is going to lead this. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So, so, so uh, as I said, uh, uh, these are estimates, but we think there's around 3,000 uh, Jewish people in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, how many families that is, I don't know. Um, how do we see... Is that it? involving university students? No, 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 ignoring university. You know, mm-hmm. long-term residents. Are we, what's, the, what's the kind of demographics of yeah. those 3,000? Well, not, I mean, the, the short membership skews very old. Um, I think the, the general populace, um, there, there will, there'll be a, a, a range, I mean, big range, because there's, there's for sure um, young families in the area because it's, it's, a, it's a hip place to live. But equally, it's, there's a, it's a retirement population to a degree because it's by the coast. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a, big, it's a big mixture. There's a ton of Israelis for some reason. There's know. a big, big Israeli population. There's almost 200 Israelis in the city as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah which, is, which is surprising. But, um, so in terms of how we see it, I mean, the, the kind of 23 or so units which are two bed, two bath, we, we, we would love the bulk of those to be young couples. We feel if we can achieve that, then we have a good chance of filling up the nursery, which then means a school is, is not, 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 a, not an impossible dream. And so that, that's the sort of plan. Um, what we're discovering as we kind of carry on on this journey is that there's a, a great number of London Jewish people who have got holiday homes in Brighton. We're discovering more and more and more mm. of these all the time. And so the, the site itself will also lend itself to being a fabulous facility for people who live in the vicinity, um, who live nearby the, nearby the, the centre. And so our, our hope is that um, more and more people will take a decision to have holiday homes and that other people will decide, you know what, we don't have to live on site because there's only 45 units, but we can live nearby and then we can make use of the site. So we, we, Do you we think s- the site will grow though at, over time? or? No, we, we, we won't be able to increase the number of units. We wouldn't get planning consent for that. Um, people buy houses nearby. Yeah, people, I mean, if, if a large number of those units on site end up with these young families, then we've we, we, we made a great start, that, that's, that's for sure. And then, you know, as I say, the, the, the surrounding area, there's a lot of residential property. You know, we, we, we would hope that people will come and live nearby. So we were going back on to right now, how many do you think... How many families do you think you have, and how many is what's the trajectory? Well, how it went in terms of interest in the site. Yeah. yeah. So we we've been um, gradually building up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna. Is that, a, is that an issue? Yeah. Try not to uh, maybe put your foot back down. So where, where do we start? Um, we'll start on from the question again. So, how many families do you think will, will go from that? 
have. Hold on. Yeah, it's, it's I know it's a slight issue because we have the uh, table so close to you guys, but. Okay. Yeah, so, so the. So wait um, one second. Let's just. Yeah, so uh, we we've been building the database over time, and we um, we put we we've driven the database through events. So we have events. We then sign people up, and so on. That's been good, and and then we've had surveys and and asked for people to register interest in the housing. We have about one hundred and fifty registrations of interest. Um, now, how many of those materialise is always difficult to know, uh, and we're only really now just starting to market quite aggressively, for want of a better phrase to the national uh, Jewish community. And, you know, as we start, as we continue... And international, by the way. Yeah. And international. Yeah, we would love to have yeah. some Americans and some Israelis. And not, some too many, Canadians. not too many Americans. Not too many. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that was a joke. We would love... We would love... We would love... <laughs> I mean, we would love to, you know, transport 30 families from New York right into Brighton. That would be perfect. Because that's the other thing, actually. Is it's a bit like a kibbutz, but it, we do want pioneers. We want people to come... And, and have a real big part of growing this. It's it's not like being a non-entity in a massive community. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to really shape this community, which I think is quite an attractive selling point. So I want to ask, like, for the, let's say, let's say for example, we do get ten families or fifteen families, like Bezrotashem, from America. Whatever. What what can we offer them in coming into Brighton? Like, for example, most of them, I assume, will have some sort of established job, or maybe they're they're younger couples, where they have, if it's if it is going to be a smaller um, environment, it's going to be a smaller amount of people there. A lot of jobs require a vast, um, a vast amount of people. So how do we how do we deal with those issues? Well, for sure there are there, there are jobs as I mentioned on site, and you know our, our ideal scenario is that you know, I mentioned there's tennis jobs plus you know the the catering and the education jobs. If if we had you know twelve fifteen jobs, put them all together. Of quite a senior nature, and we could fill um, fifteen people in fifteen of our apartment units. That would be amazing. That 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 would be a dream because then you've got people actually, you know, living on site, working on site, and then debt creates so much vibrancy. Can I- um, yeah, Brighton's also like a, a, a one of the biggest job markets in the UK, and the yeah. UK job market's really good at the moment. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's no jobs. Can I ask compared to when do three different places compared to London? Um, okay, help me out with two other places that aren't as exorbitant prices as London. Oh, but I'm saying yeah, prices. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'll give you a sense of square foot per, price per square. Sure. So price per square foot in Brighton is about six hundred and fifty pound. Uh-huh. Um, in 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 northwest London, you take Golders Green. Golders Green is probably eight hundred pounds square foot, and then if you look at um, areas like Hampstead, you you, know, you can double that. So, Brighton is is not cheap, but it's not as expensive as as many parts of it. It's, it's equivalent to say a Mill Hill East or Bourne Wood which are more for, for the American audience in the sort of suburbs of London um, uh, but in my mind in, in my eyes it's way more beautiful so you end up with a new build uh, with amazing facilities 500 yards from the beach instead of being in a suburb of London mm-hmm. which with the best will in the world is not particularly attractive what, what, what the suburb of London has which we don't have is a vast Jewish infrastructure Mm-hmm. So you sort of, you, 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 and, and again, it's a different sort of lifestyle, I guess. You, you can be a, basically a non-entity in a massive community, or you can be a kind of a, a, a very important driver of, of change in, in a bite. Is, is, is your project, is it 
going to be offering to help out with the payments and stuff? How was your... Yeah, I mean, so, so there's subsidies from the shore uh, for residential costs and, and the facilities, the use of the facilities are also going to be subsidised. So, the, and the, again, this is where we have a bit of um, sort of alignment, which is that we, our target is young, young couples with potentially nursery-age kids in the, in the future. Nursery can be a huge cost in the UK. It can be like £5,000, £6,000 per child per year which, you know, you've got to double that in terms of what you need to earn in order to, to pay that post-tax. Mm. And um, we're basically saying we'll, we'll absorb most of that cost. So mm. that, that's a massive subsidy. and um, That's a huge... It's huge. So so you get the residential subsidy. Just for that, I think you're getting yeah. all the young couples kind of like... I hope I know so. how much it is here. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You're paying per hour what, like you're a normal wage yeah. per kid. Yeah. It's exactly. I mean, you're basically... A lot of women almost... They, they think it's they not worthwhile to work because exactly. you're, you're just losing that out. You might as well swear your kids yourself. And, yeah. yeah. So this is the idea, you know, if, if you have a young couple and they say, okay, we both want to work, um, maybe I, one of us wants to work in the co-working space, when I had the kids in the nursery the whole day, it's just life becomes very easy. Was it one thing I want to touch on, um, and Joe can probably also help out with this one, is for the more religious um, community that you want to grow, what other than the shul, are you going to have any different like programs going on? Is there anything that you want to grow in that spe- sector as well? Or? Yeah, Maybe. absolutely. I mean, we, we, we're going to have a, a little team of programming events people and, you know, some of them will be, you know, educators as well, community educators, and uh, they'll be absolutely focused on young couples. Mm-hmm. I, was gonna be, I, mean, I, can, I can see that sort of community education role being focused on, on at least two things. One is the young couples who, who, who want to learn and want to almost on a daily basis have something, you know, some, some, some thought-provoking shear or, or, or just a learning together, whatever it might be. And then also that, that young community educated couple will have to spend a lot of time with the, with the younger kids for that after-school mm-hmm. activity, which is kind of in, in place of the fact, because we don't have a school day one, um, creating that Jewish identity and the social opportunities for the kids to be together. That's really important. So that, that education couple, um, which is the way we're seeing it, as part of the programming team, is really, really important. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in Oxford, which is a provincial community in the UK with a very small Jewish community. Um, I'm actually lucky in comparison to other provincial communities that there's been a huge amount of infrastructure put in giving us kosher meals in the evenings for the religious students. Um, and we just about have a meal in the morning. But, you know, it's not perfect. It's... For example, living in Brighton would be infinitely better than the sort of situation I have at university, which is like, for example, there's, there's no centralization, which is what Brighton offers, which I think you need in a provincial community. I'm spending half my time at Chabad and half my time at the shul, which is like a non-denominational shul, um, which is really accommodating to orthodoxy. It's not a orthodox shul, um, and so I can't spend all my time there. Um, so it's a little, it's a little complex. Um, there's not constantly food. I can't get a meal whenever I want. You know, um, and I, I would like it also if there were, you know, there's a few religious guys with me, but I feel like if, if, there, were, if there would be more and, uh, and, a, and a bigger sort of base, it would be a lot more fun mm-hmm. Jewish experience. I would feel like I'm growing a lot more. So do you think, do you think Brighton can offer that for, I say, because realistically these things will take time to grow yeah. and like people often won't have patience for that. 
Yeah, so. I listen. I mean, we have to have faith in Hashem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, also, we, from, we, from, from, from day one, Brighton's, uh, Brighton beats what I have uh, at Oxford just because of the. it's a much bigger Jewish community already. You've got people already signed on uh, that, that are more than what, what I have. And what I have is manageable, and it's, it's quite nice, actually, to be outside London. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and this will, this will instantly be better. I would love to take... I, mean, I went up to visit him in university this week, and I would love to take his minion, the ten of them, bring him down, parachute them in, and they could stay there. It would be perfect. <laughs> and, and you you join as well, and, and uh, the guys from Rashid. So it could be... I mean, who knows how these things... But it's, it's nice also to have a... Um, I have to... This is a big deal. I have to travel every day to the minion. I have to cycle. It's like a 10-minute cycle. Right. If I was walking, it'd be like a uh, half an hour walk. Whereas it's so nice to have a minion on site. Mm -hmm. You get that in Yeshiva in Israel, you have a minion on site. Yeah. You have three, three, three minion in a day. It makes it easier. Sometimes. makes it easy to be yeah. really. Because it's like Judaism, you should, like, you should be struggling to be, you should be sacrificing to be Jewish. But it shouldn't be that the sacrifices are like going to minion. It shouldn't be that. that those kind of things should be easy. You need to have staples there. You need to have staples. staples. Yeah. Yeah. The sacrifices. Which means, like, you saying like sacrifices? It's not saying sacrifices. Not sacrifices. No, it's like you should be working hard in, in yeah. learning Gemara and understanding the parsha, understanding what's going on. Yeah. Uh, connect to it. Connecting yeah. to it. Yeah, you should be working hard, but you shouldn't be. No, you shouldn't be sacrificing in in, in your life. It, it means like the same way you build a relationship anyway. Oh yeah. The best way to build a relationship is by putting work into it. Yeah, yeah. That's what you mean by I think. Oh yeah, because basically. In, in some of these provincial communities, you're putting work in just to get to square one, mm -hmm. just to be dominant, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas, yeah, you want the, those fundamentals to be easy. Yeah. We were going to ask the question of why people, young people especially these days, are usually on their minds thinking Israel. Yeah. So why, what's, what's going to pull them to Brighton? I guess we've established there's a lot of benefits there, but Israel over Brighton... Or Brighton, like I guess it's it's a hard thing to uh thing to I guess Joe listen, Joe's had this all prepared already, so we'll give him yeah, a yeah, chance yeah, and then go. Yeah. <laughs> then you can uh, do damage control after. Yeah, no, I'm lucky. I could, if I say something stupid, you can just cut it. Um, <laughs> but no, de right, well, there's de gonna be a lot of cuts. Definitely no, no, no Brighton over Israel. Yeah. That's not true. Like uh, it's it, if if you can go to Israel and you and you want to go to Israel, much better you go to Israel. I don't think anyone is is uh, gonna say like. I was going to go to Israel, but I decided to live in Brighton. If you want to go to Israel and it works out, you should go. Um, but I remember my rabbi telling me that it's 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 not always unbelievable for people to go to Israel. Let's say you you move to Israel, you don't feel comfortable in the community, you're going to learn less. So it's better you stay in in, in the UK. It's not for everyone. For example, for me, um, my family's all in all in the UK. I think it depends on, on what what happens, but there are reasons why it might be difficult for me to move to Israel, and you know, Israel is unbelievably beautiful for Jews to live in. You got land, you got everything there. But at the end of the day, it's a secular state. It's not as we're not in a situation where it's like you must be in Israel. It makes total sense to be in Israel. There are problems with Israel, and there are problems with the UK. But we're in a situation where there are people that are going to live in the UK just like there are people that are going to live in America, and we've got to make it try and try and make it as nice as possible for them, and give them the best chance of, of having the best time they can. Um, and I think that's what this sort of community does. We're just trying, we're in Gullis, we're still not fully back, and we're just trying to make the best of it that we can. Yeah, and listen, I, I agree. I, I, would, I think if you want to, if you could move to Israel, you should go. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say Brighton over Israel any day. I wouldn't, and we're not even protesting to, even claiming that that's a possibility. You know, people should be in Israel if they can, but, you know, a lot of people, well, it's not for them. And then the question is, okay, 
It's no. not. That's not for them. Is London really the only opportunity? It shouldn't be the only opportunity. But now it is. That's yeah. what it's interesting. Exactly. And, and, and Brighton has is beautifully, it's a beautiful, beautiful city, um, both in terms of the natural landscape and the architecture and the, the vibrancy that exists in the city. And so we want to create it as a genuinely really attractive option for Jewish life as well as just life. So that's, that's, the, that's the thinking. But it's not going to compete with Israel. So I've got one final question before we end up, and forgive me if I've mixed anything out. Is there anything specifically that? No, you... listen. This has been great. Really, yeah. really enjoyed the conversation. I'm, I'm, Thank you. I'm very much. I'm. You honestly, you've got me sold. <laughs> we're we're going to sign the contract after we finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, listen. I, it, I would love it if we could have like you guys, and and you know you've got careers, you've got college, and so on to, to get through. But at some point in your lives to come down and, and uh, you know, I could see it being amazing. Eh? All of you, you know, all of you together and, and lots more besides. It could be fabulous. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future of this. But now the question is, in 18 months time, August 2022, that's correct? That's 18 months time. Eight, eight, eight months, ten, 10 months time, 10 months time. 10 months time? Yeah, August okay, is 22. And why is it? Listen, I'm not a math major. We're in 21 right now. <laughs> yeah. So like coming <laughs> to the end of Before the next Rosh Hashanah. Before the next Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Are you going to be living exactly. in, a, in Brighton? Well, we, we definitely as a family are going to have one year there. Um, for yeah. sure. And, and I'll be down a great deal because of my, my role in this whole thing. So yeah, I'll be spending a lot of time in Brighton. Yeah. And that's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm already down there a great deal. I'm probably down there, you know, at least once a week, oftentimes mm. twice a week. It's, it's great. I, do we want to just throw on Brighton football club here for a second? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I realised, yeah. I, I made sure we slid away for it for a big part, but I yeah. guess for all the football fans out there, for the soccer fans the out soccer there. The soccer fans, yeah, soccer. soccer. So, 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 I mean, yeah, Brighton is a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, EPL. Um, EPL. EPL, sorry, EPL, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, the, you know, it's like being an NFL franchise, and it's been the EPL now for five years, and we're looking quite good for sixth because we've started the season quite well. Um, I say we because um, you know it is. It does feel like a community. I've got a small, small involvement in the, in the club as well as a, as a non-executive director, and it's a big thing, you know, to have a Premier League club in your city is really big. And it's not just that we have a, a great cricket team as well. Um, we have fabulous sports because we've got the, the sea and there's there's all the sort of you know the, the boating and the um, yachting and and various other uh, the surfing. So it's, 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 it's really attractive if you play sport. Mm-hmm. Also cycling and, 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 and there's a marathon. I guess there's, there's lots there's of lot of things to do. Yeah, I mean, also with the downs, that which, which are the sort of um, uh, national parks, yeah. there's a ton of hiking to do. And stuff. It's, just a, it's just a great life. I mean, it's like, like a San Francisco, perhaps without the weather, but not bad weather. It's the best, it's the best weather. It's the sunniest part of the UK. Really? Brighton, yeah. Or and just the most south. It's the most closer to the equator. So, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. so are you guys near to the uh, stadiums at all? Or? Uh, it's a it's a schlep. I mean, we we, we I mean, it's probably walk, a good, it's, it's probably a better thing that way because then it's not walkable. I guess. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to encourage people to walk, but you can you can yeah. walk, but it's. Uh, no, I mean, you can't. There's a, there's you a can't lot of games. You, you can drive. You, 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 you can, can drive, drive for sure. The next games. There's a lot of games. to the games on Shabbos. There's a lot of exactly. There's a lot of games outside Shabbos because we're family. That's that's the thing. There's I would guess that. Of the 19 home games in the league, um, probably, say, eight or nine of them will not be on the Shabbos. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you're on the site, we'll, we'll get you a ticket. Well, I'm saying it's... So would you have any connections to be able to, like, 
get people involved and get people memberships and stuff. That's something that's yeah. Works. People can join. People can join. There's no queue. There's, there's no. It's not asking. There, 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 there is a queue, uh -huh. but equally the queue you know doesn't last forever, and people can buy season yeah. tickets, and people can buy tickets to the old, old game as well. So yeah, one one other point that I just realised that we didn't touch upon. Let's say you have someone who's a more established family, um, with kids at the age of like twelve to sixteen or something. Is there opportunities for those kids? Yeah, I, I mean, there's no school, but there's plenty of opportunities. I mean, there, we, there's going to be a Maccabi and a JLGB, and but those those for American audiences are, are sort of um, kind of no, no well, they're, they're, they're charities which focus on um, sports and, and, and just um, skills, you know, gen, you know, people getting more skills in life and that sort of thing. And they're, they're, most of all, though, they're an opportunity for kids to socialize with each other. And, and so we had those types of things and lots of programming for, for kids of that age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's, sure. a, there's a fantastically good school right next, like a really one of the best schools is right next to the site. And, you know, and then you can get really good Jewish education uh, on the side. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, that's, that's a great point because the schools in the city, they go leave the Jewish schools to one side, they're, they're, which, which we don't have yet, but the, the schools are outstanding. The best, there's a school called Brighton College, which is secondary school, which was voted the best school of the decade really? in the whole of the UK. Yeah, it's outstanding. It was really, and there's there's brilliant feeder schools, primary schools too. So education, education, healthcare, all those types of things, and sports and so on. They get a huge ticket for for Brian. Yeah, right. yeah. Wow. My my hot take is that no, I'm not sorry. I'm no hot take. Okay, okay, fine. All right. Well, I think I think we've covered the majority of the topics that we uh, we're gonna do. Um, if Anyone wants to be in contact with you? Yeah, that's a good, they, uh, good question. So, so the, the, there, are, there are two main websites, um, and there's a lot of social media too. Uh, the, the name of the charity which is running the whole thing is called BNJC. BNJC. BN stands for Brighton. JC, Jewish Community. BNJC. BNJC. And then, and then the site is also, there's a, for the residential offering, because obviously we're trying to sell properties, um, we called it Sapphire Hove. Uh, now, what I haven't talked about is some of the design of the whole thing and, and the, the Jewish and the Israeli um, kind of cultural references which dominate throughout. So Sapphire, it's the Sapphire Stone, the Ten Commandments, is one of the predominant colours on, on, on the thing. So that's why we called the whole thing Sapphire Hove. And that's spelled S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E-H-O-V-E. .co.uk, sapphirehove.co.uk. So let's go through both of those one more time, just bnjc.co.uk, bn Brighton Jewish Community, bnjc.co.uk, and then sapphirehove.co.uk. And um, you'll get a lot of information. You can also register interest on those either of those two sites. Um, and so just back to the cultural references, which are really important. Sapphire and then um, turquoise, tachelet. And, and that those kind of colors kind of dominate through the site. And then there, we, we've also got this glass sculptor. Uh, he, he, um, he designed the um, uh, Museum of uh, Generations next to the Kotel, which is an entirely glass museum. His name is Jeremy Langford. He's world class. Um, he happened to go up in Brighton, so he has a connection with the city. So he's, he's doing these two kind of installations for us. He's one of the guys on the board? No, no, he's not. He lives in Israel. He lives in a mashup in Israel. But he's, he's doing this work, which is like this beautiful, beautiful glass um, uh, architecture and, and it was a side screen to the main entrance and also to the shul entrance. 
and within it, within those um, that 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 uh, glass sculpture is four um, uh, four kind of square rectangle rectangular uh, images, which are sort of Old Testament or, or, or modern Israeli Torah. So, yeah, uh, so Torah, Torah. So Torah scrolls is one of them, and various other things. So it's it's going to be really we, we we're very proud of, of, of and just being very open that this is a Jewish uh, site and uh, you know pro-Israeli and all the rest of it. That's very important. Amazing. All right. Is there anything else you want to advertise at all um, that we've missed out, or uh, is there any? If people want to donate, is there? Is there yeah. Uh, there, there, there's an opportunity to donate to either of those. What's well, to the BNJC website? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Listen. It, it's. It, we're fund, I believe you're, they're funding the future of the UK jury. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I mean, I think you know we're starting to now get into the stage where. <clears throat> you know we can market properly we can approach foundations and other funders because this is about Jewish continuity and it's also about breaking down anti-semitism all those sort of types of things there's, there's so many positives in this scheme that um, we, we, we really hope people will support amazing all right Jojo Mark, thank you so much for joining us here this was this is incredible I really really enjoyed this I'm uh, looking forward to my new house Wait, obviously <laughs> exactly. free right Oh, obviously, 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 for this interview, of course. <laughs> exactly, it gets everyone. <laughs> uh, this, was, this was really interesting. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and yeah, feel free to check out all the websites. I will leave it all in the links. Uh, all the links down below, not all the links. Uh, but yeah. I'll leave it there. That's good. <laughs>